IBEC, the voice of Irish business. And you are very welcome back to IBEC Voices. I'm your host, Patrick Hawhey, and for this short episode of the series, we are joined by IBEC Chief Economist and Head of National Policy, Ger Brady, and his colleague, economist Hazel Ahern Flynn. Ger and Hazel present the findings of the Q1 IBEC Economic Outlook, which is titled A Difficult Balancing Act. And they discuss themes including rising costs against the global economy, the Russian invasion of Ukraine, inflation, and if we are seeing the great resignation in Ireland. I hope you enjoy it. And now over to Jur and Hazel. Hello and welcome to another episode of the IBEC podcast. Um, I'm Jur Brady, IBEC's uh, Chief Economist and Head of National Policy. And I'm, I'm joined by our uh, economist, Hazel Hearn Flynn. Um, today, we're going to talk a little bit about our, our new economic outlook, uh, looking at how the world has changed, and it has changed quite a bit since our, our last outlook in, in December of 2021. Um, so looking at the overall world as we see it, um, two things had been happening already that we we already saw coming, I suppose, in, in Q4. Um, one was that energy prices were on the rise, and the second, that global supply chains were jammed up. So despite the fact that the Irish economy was bouncing back quickly as things were reopening, and we really saw those numbers in, in January and February, uh, of this year, um, there were still challenges out there in the global environment. And in recent months, uh, we've seen the since the, the Russian invasion of Ukraine and the war, um, the further disruption. So the challenges that were already there in global supply chains, in commodity prices, in energy costs and other areas ha- have now exploded. They, they are much uh, more pressing than they were probably before Christmas. And ultimately, that's led to to some downgrading of our forecasts. Uh, So today, we're going to look at how we see the world, what the key challenges are, and what has changed, and what the impact of all this change in the global environment will be, um, and how the multiple challenges we face from record energy costs, record commodity prices, record transport prices globally, and the jamming up of global supply chains is going to impact us here at home. So Hazel, um, it's up to you, I guess, to explain this to, to everyone listening. Um, in the Starting uh, for, from the consumer side, we've seen this, this rapid jump in energy costs and other costs and commodity prices, transport costs and other areas. How is that going to filter down to the consumer economy during the year and are we still on track to see the kind of consumer boom from the savings that were there from the pandemic, this this uh, 22 billion of, of pandemic savings that were sitting in Irish deposit accounts? Yeah, thanks, Ger. Um Yeah, so I suppose we, we had come into this year in a, in a fairly good position. So we, over the last couple of months, we have been seeing some strong momentum in terms of recovery and consumption uh, and across retail. And we started spending again and uh, retail in a lot of categories back up close to their pre-pandemic levels so I suppose the the hope for this quarter would have been that we, we could consolidate on those gains um I suppose as you say the problem now is that an awful lot of those issues around inflation and supply chain disruptions have been compounded with the the invasion of Ukraine uh, and, and that's obviously a global issue it's not unique to Ireland uh, but in terms of what, how we're expecting that to impact on households they're likely to prioritize their utility bills uh, and cut discretionary spending elsewhere instead uh, so some of that discretionary spend and, and the build-up in household savings that we've been keeping an eye on and would maybe have 
before expected to, to drive some of the kind of uh, the stronger recovery that we we're expecting. Uh, instead, we're likely to see that those spending, uh, those savings um, pivot towards covering those higher energy costs and, and households just prioritizing the utilities bill instead. Uh, and that's that's likely to be at the expense of things like eating out or entertainment. And, and, and so from the point of view of our members, I suppose the challenge is particularly acute for places, as you say, where people are, it's discretionary. So areas like the experience economy in particular, which are the areas which were worst impacted by COVID are now going back into another, it's uh, not a shock in terms of a downturn in demand. It'll be better than last year and the year before, but it's not as good as it would have been. Is that is that probably the main takeaway? Yeah, that, that's the overall um, point, I suppose, is that we're still expecting to see growth in consumption uh, and we're expecting that to continue over 2022. It's just that that, that higher proportion going towards the, that, that essential spend uh, is likely to be a drag on the growth that we, we otherwise would have expected. And, and that's likely to be at the expense of the experience economy, unfortunately. And then for the, the kind of business investment piece of the economy and, and the economy's growth, obviously companies are seeing, or most companies at least, are seeing similar kinds of increases in prices and costs, in commodities, in in energy costs, and transport costs, as, as households are seeing. And where they can't pass that through, it means, you know, and I think we talked about this in Q4, but it's probably even more acute now that you could see growth in the economy, but people's margins really squeezed this year. Could you talk to us a little about how we expect that to hit on business investment and from the energy shock? Look, obviously, there are big challenges, but there are are there opportunities out there as well? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So I suppose maybe firstly on the the challenges side, um, businesses are seeing those really sharp increases in their their gas, electricity, and and then also their their transport fuel costs at the moment. Uh, Some businesses are reporting uh, an increase in uh, energy costs of between three and five times what they would have seen before, uh, which is a a very rapid and a very stark increase. Um, And of course, when you see those kind of costs rising for businesses, there's likely to be a knock-on effect in terms of um, that money that would be left over for investment. Another issue there is that the high commodity and energy prices mean that businesses might start to prioritise managing day-to-day costs over that longer investment piece. Uh, and then an additional issue there is also that the volatility and uncertainty around uh, future prices are also likely to slow down investment decisions as people wait to see kind of what the lay of the land might be. Um, and then I suppose the third issue there, uh, and probably a big one, is that quite a large proportion of domestic investment is concentrated within property and construction. Uh, so we're already seeing the impact of uh, quite high spikes in key materials in construction prices. Um, and, and that's been happening for a year or more now in terms of timber and steel. But uh, that's impacted on costs and on timelines for delivery of existing projects. Uh, but there's an additional concern there in that we're starting to see contracts being deferred or maybe even cancelled altogether uh, because construction firms can't really reliably predict how much a project is going to cost uh, in a few months' time. And so it becomes more difficult to commit to, to things like fixed price contracts and, and be certain around timelines. Uh, so all of those are, are going to have an impact both in terms of investment and business activity over the year. As you said, we we kind of seen some of the, particularly timber last year was really, really um, uh, significant increases in cost. But this is now across pretty much every construction. Like I I think it's 20% year on year increase in in construction prices generally now in terms of of inputs. Um, So so it does challenge that sector. And the National Development Plan is probably the the most challenged uh, in, in this. You know, there's obviously impacts on the private sector, but because a lot of public contracts are fixed price or have very little 
with the room and inflation, it, it will impact on how deliverable uh, some projects will become without changes in policy. Um, just on the final piece, maybe we'll talk about the labour market, Hazel. The, the, the word in the great resignation or the phrase the great resignation has been really popular in the media in the past year. The analysis that you have for today's outlook that you wrote on the on the labour market um, really shows that there isn't really a great resignation in the sense that people are dropping out of the labour market in Ireland. Could you talk us through that a bit? And is it really a you know, rather than a resignation out of the labour market, it's really about people moving jobs a lot more as we see a, a much tighter labour market. And do we see that continuing in the next couple of years? So, so could you give us that kind of overview of where the labour market is? Yeah, well, I suppose it's fair to say from an Irish perspective that um, rather than a great resignation, we've actually seen the opposite. We've seen our labour force um, growing fairly rapidly over the last two years, um, which would maybe be a surprise given how difficult um, things have been over the pandemic. Um, what we're seeing at the moment is that we have a record number of people at work. Uh, we are seeing um, shortages in some sectors that would have been able to trade relatively uninterrupted over COVID and have been growing in terms of employment uh, uninterrupted over the last couple of years. And that's generally in um, the services and in particularly in ICT and professional and financial services. Um, so what we're starting to see, not just in those sectors, but across the board in the labour market is actually uh, labour shortages and a very tight labour market. Uh, and again, that's starting to feed through in terms of some of the shorter term indicators that we look at, like uh, job postings and like vacancy rates, which are both creeping up over the last couple of months. Uh, so I suppose, yeah, it, it, it wouldn't really be fair to say that we're seeing people dropping out of employment or either voluntarily or involuntarily. What we are seeing is quite a lot of movement uh, both within sectors and between sectors as you have these kind of adjustments and frictions as things reopen. So in terms of our expectation over the coming year and into the future, we have a forecast of an average of about 5% unemployment for this year, which would place us more or less exactly where we had been coming into the pandemic in terms of quite close to full employment. Uh, and then looking into next year, we, we expect things to become even tighter with the continued jobs growth uh, broadly across most sectors and particularly in services. Um, and, and so, yeah, I suppose the outlook is on the one very positive recovery story, uh, but on the other, that labour market tightness is likely to become its own challenge or likely already is in, in terms of growth within the Irish economy. One of the things that struck me in, in your piece on the labour market participation is that the jump has been particularly high for for women in the labour force. Is that really driven um, by, look, women are probably more likely to have been in jobs with lower hours or part time and, and that the tightness of the labour market now means that more people in those kind of roles are, are getting full time hours. Is, is that what's really driving it? I don't think we have the the detail in the data yet to, to say exactly where it's coming from. There's quite a lot happening sort of all at once. So you have you have shifts both in kind of the gender composition of who's who's in the labour force. And then you also have quite a lot, quite a lot happening in terms of age. Uh, so in, in terms of um, a higher um, female participation in the labour force, that's probably one aspect of it. Um, the labour the labor market tightness in general and just the, the sheer number of open roles at the moment are likely to be pulling uh, people, kind of uh, all demographics in. Uh, and, and so by extension, you're likely to see an increase in the, the rate of women in the labour market as well. 
Uh, and at the same time, as I mentioned, we're also seeing a uh, younger cohort kind of coming of age at the moment. Uh, so an awful lot of the new entrants into the labour market would have been in, in the younger kind of under 25 range. Uh, and by extension, that's also likely to have a more equitable distribution uh, between men and women at work. So there's probably a few factors at play at the moment, but uh, it'll be interesting over the next couple of months as we, we get a little bit more detail in the labour market data to, to figure out where those shifts are coming from. So... If you took the economy as a whole, Hazel, look, the global environment obviously is really challenging. We're seeing, as I said, record highs in commodities, transport costs, in energy costs, and in in supply chain disruption. So the cost environment is really challenging. Um, And the the environment in terms of inflation and the knock-on on the labour market is going to be challenging for the year ahead. So there is this kind of difficult balancing act that we talk about in in the outlook today. What's the big challenge ahead then for, for, I suppose, fiscal policy and monetary policy? Are we going to see interest rates rise? Um, are we going to see, obviously, the, the ECB have already said they're going to start withdrawing from buying government bonds. And we're seeing Irish uh, Irish government bonds were, were at 1.6%, where they were negative only a few months ago. Um, are, are we seeing a kind of a return to some kind of normality in terms of interest rates over the year ahead um, and indeed are we going to see a a return to kind of normal fiscal policy as a knock-on result of that? Yeah yeah most likely so I suppose over the coming months and into next year the expectation is eventually there will have to be an adjustment in monetary policy to to account for the, the well both the the extension of the recovery that we're seeing, but also in terms of the inflationary environment. Uh, so, so the expectation is there will be an adjustment. Uh, as you say, that's likely to have a knock-on of um, Irish finances uh, and in, in terms of the, the cost of uh, our borrowing. Uh, and then an additional concern, I suppose, is that we're already committed in terms of spending uh, both on fiscal measures to, to counter some of the impacts of some of the effects that we've discussed from the invasion of uh, and, and also accommodating some of the refugees that we're expecting over the next couple of weeks. And as an extra kind of going concern, we, we also have some very strong existing commitments in terms of infrastructure. So it's, it's going to be a relatively tight fiscal um, space over the next budget or two. And, and I suppose that's our expectation coming to the, the next couple of months. So finally, Hazel, maybe to wrap it up in a few words, um, if you had to describe in one sentence what the what the environment looks like right now what would you say i think i think i might fall back on uh, so, some of our previous work and, and just reach for the title of this uh, this outlook which is a difficult balancing act so we have some really strong uh, recovery and really strong growth on one hand but we have a lot of challenges coming down the line on the other uh, so it's it's not all good news and it's not all bad news but it is uh, it is going to be an interesting space yeah, and I, th- I think for for our members and for the economy generally, it's going to be uh, one where decisions really matter in the year, and that there are going to be um, there are going to be real challenges. But there was strong growth, and that momentum hopefully will will carry us through at least this year. Um, next year, I think is is going to be more tricky as the momentum from reopening fades. Um, but hopefully, we start to see some normality in the global environment, which is still so volatile. Uh, uh, going into the, the kind of second half of this year. Um, thanks very much, Hazel. Um, and again, uh, thanks to everyone for listening. We're here for, for IBEC members to follow up on any of these issues over the coming weeks and months. Um, and hopefully you've enjoyed uh, this podcast and feel free to get in contact if you have any questions. 
Thanks. And that's where we are leaving it for this short episode of IBEC Voices. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back soon with another episode. I hope you can join us then. IBEC, the voice of Irish business.